Coming to you almost live from the heart of Nipty Radio in the Nipty Radio Recording Studios, high atop 107 Columbia with both eyes on Eagle Street, welcome. Today we will be discussing the draconian rule, which is CPL 71030 Subdivision 2, the 15-day notice requirement. It's a hard and fast rule. Is there anything good in this rule? We shall find out. The severest of all penalties for the people's failure to comply with the statutory time frame requirement is the 15-day notice rule found in CPL 71030 Subdivision 2. This is for statements and identification notices to be made to the defense. This is a strict compliance statute that requires the people to supply the defense with these notices within 15 days of the defendant's arraignment. In felony cases or misdemeanor cases prosecuted by indictment, the notice must be given within 15 days of the defendant's arraignment on the indictment. Failure to do so in the context of statements will result in the preclusion of the statement evidence at trial. In addition, discovery cannot be used as a substitute for the notice requirement of CPL 71030 Subdivision 2. A lack of prejudice to the defense is irrelevant to this strict adherence to the 15-day rule. In the context of identification evidence, failure to comply with the 15-day rule will result in the preclusion of the use of the unnoticed out-of-court identification at trial. It will also result in the preclusion of the in-court ID if there was no other identification procedure for which notice was given. In addition, independent source cannot be used to save the in-court ID. Discovery cannot be used to substitute for the lack of the proper 71030 notice. Lack of prejudice is irrelevant to this preclusion. These preclusions are not suppressions and are not subject to the statutes which permit the people to appeal under certain circumstances when the evidence is suppressed. The people are held accountable for any evidence subject to this statutory notice scheme about which the law enforcement officers are aware, but which the people are not. The exception to the 15-day notice rule found in the statute, quoting, for good cause, quote, will not apply to a statement or identification procedure conducted by a law enforcement officer about which the law enforcement officers are aware but have not informed the prosecutors of its existence. This, for good cause shown exception, is a very limited one. It seldom can be used by the people to save a failure to give proper 71030 notice. Based on the above rules, many DA's offices will prefer to give notice when it may be successfully argued that none is needed in a particular case. The giving of the notice does not concede the need for a suppression hearing. When the defense moves for suppression of either a statement or identification under these circumstances, you may argue there was no police procedure or that the ID was confirmatory and so forth. Your notice was given to protect you from the court deciding that one was required. Failing to do so would have resulted in the court precluding your evidence for lack of proper notice and leaving you with no avenue of appeal. With all of that good news, is there anything that can be said about CPL 71030 notice that is upbeat? Well, for one thing, notices may be made orally by the people on the record. 
they do not need to be done in writing. Another, if the defendant moves for suppression despite not having been given CPL 71030 notice by the people, and there is a hearing determination on the admissibility of the statement or identification, the failure to give the notice has been waived by the defense for appellate purposes. That's right in the statute, CPL 71030, subdivision 3. Another one. In ID cases, if there is more than one identification procedure and notice is given as to at least one, you will be permitted to use the in-court ID even if the unnoticed statement is precluded from use due to the notice failure. This is assuming, of course, that the noticed identification is found to be constitutionally acceptable. Another one. When the defense moves to preclude evidence of an ID or statement for notice error by the people and the court denies that motion, if the defense then takes part in a Wade or Huntley hearing, this waives the right to challenge on appeal the court's ruling on the no preclusion for failure to give proper notice. One more. A statement which was self-serving and irrelevant to the people's case at the time of the defendant's arrest may become relevant during the trial due to the evidence presented by the defense. In such situations, the people will be able to show good cause to give late notice or even reserve notice that was withdrawn due to the original irrelevancy of that statement. Here is a quote from People v. Varela, a 2005 case from the First Department. The court properly permitted the people to introduce defendant's statement on rebuttal, notwithstanding the people's prior withdrawal of their notice of intent to introduce the statement, since it was direct response to the defendant's testimony in which he sought to establish a completely different reason for being at the scene of his arrest. And our final one. The Second Department held in People v. Littlejohn in 1992 that in a case where the court had dismissed an indictment with leave to represent, this restarted the 15-day time limit in which CPL 71030 notice could be given. For the case law and statutory authority for each one of the positions presented today, please be sure to see the NIPTI practice tip just out today, Battling the Dragon, which is the 15-day notice rule of 71030. As always, we must thank our crack producer, Jonathan Marconi Crespino, for his fine work as always. For all of you, be well and stay ready. Oh.